and we are on. That man is Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is Unashamed Podcast. We got Boo T, Big C, <laughs> Rev Fat Man, and <laughs> Stuart over here. Super awesomeness. <laughs> otherwise known as the Stulk. Uh, mm-hmm. Known as what? Stulk. Stulk. You know, we kind of oh, mix oh. the Hulk and Yeah, I just Stuart. do green. That's the only problem. It's, it's all up under that shirt. You just can't see it right now. Yeah, it'd freak you about Okay, out. so the unashamed name, I know where I heard it from. I think that's Phil Robertson's podcast. Really? Maybe we can write so him. He'll let us share the name. We, na- we may not be unashamed, but we're unashamed to steal that name from Phil Robertson. Yes. No no doubt. We are that. <laughs> it can be compensation, <clears throat> right? That's what he... Compensation. compensation? Yeah. We're all about the compensation. <laughs> <laughs> so kick us off there, man. Yeah, so we're going to be digging into First Timothy chapter 6, which we're finishing off First uh, Timothy together. And all we do here is we hang out as a bunch of guys and talk about the Word and a few other choice things that pop up. So, Yeah. If you're already joining us, we hope you'll enjoy it. I'm pretty raw. Disclaimer, I'm pretty (laughs) raw. (laughs) Keeping it real. So, where's the headphone volume? Right here. You up too loud? No, up some. Can I come up? Tell me, tell me, tell me what you'd like. Yeah, yeah. You good? Yeah, I like it. Wonderful. We didn't do a test. Mic check. Everybody good? We're good, I think. No, because we're all amateurs. Boo, give us us a hello. Booty. <laughs> there we go. Booty. There we go. In the house. Oh, that's In hilarious. The house. That's hilarious. Boo's the All man. Right. You gotta let, you gotta let Christina listen to that tonight. Let her hear that awesome. So our fearless leader, Stuart. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing about being a leader. I'm fearless, but I don't say nothing about being a leader. <laughs> you gonna, you gonna get us cranked up, or, or what we gonna do? Yeah, did we do all five last week, right? We did finish it. Did we get in the first two? The first two verses of chapter six? We I did. I don't think so. Um, we did or didn't? I didn't think we'd go went to six at all. You know, you know I don't know. Quit looking at me. I don't think we okay. went to six at all. all. So, okay, so we're going to six. All right. So verse one and two, all who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who, be, who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved, teach and preach. These principles, of course, this really is a principle for us as today, working and being honest in the workplace. Uh, I mean, you have slavery back then and being honorable to those people that were over you back then and being honorable to those ones that were under you as well but to us it's it's more like a um, a principle of work respecting those who you work for uh, or who work for you they ought to be treated in a certain way um, and I'm getting this fault okay it's strange 
<laughs> Sorry about all this adjustment. It's yeah. just strange, yeah. man. That <laughs> definitely made it awkward. I didn't hear him at all. Technical <laughs> difficulties, sorry. Yeah, we're good. So what do y'all think about that? Well, yeah, under yoke of slaves, we, we think of slavery like what people talk about nowadays, and it's all bad and uh, you know, evil and that kind of stuff. But back then, that's not the kind of thing we were dealing with. It was basically like, like today's paid workers. Um, yeah. Where... I mean, they worked. In fact, some slaves had it better off than than the uh, daily workers because they were getting their food and their housing and everything covered. They didn't have to worry about it. Whereas somebody who's hired day by day has to make they got to they got to find a way to get their food and and all that. Uh, so so slavery is not that horrible. If we look at it in this this regard, it's more like us an employer employee type situation with us working. You know, yeah. whoever's under somebody else, and most of us. Well, we got a guy that runs his own business, a guy that runs a business, and two preachers. So, I, who everybody we, runs our business? Everybody <laughs> runs our business. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they think they do. We pay your salary. Now let me tell you something. Anyway, disregard that. But <laughs> so, so, no, it, it is. How do you handle that with people that are tough to deal with, or? And it is difficult before, you know, working up under people who, before I went into ministry, but which kind of helped, I guess, prepare for that, but working in the public and working under people who could be kind of rough, uh, whether they lost or whether they're saved, but, but having this respect you got to have, if the purpose is to make them see Christ in you, which is the purpose here. And that's not always easy to do. We can lose it. Um, when we're disrespected or treated badly. Um, but then we also, if we're in the put, put in a position as boss, which I've had that position as well, that's hard. When, when someone doesn't do what you know they ought to be doing, how are you going to handle that as well? But there's got to be a place of honor. Ultimately, it's not about the money we make. It's the character we display, and so um, which is what's being talked about here. Yeah, no doubt. We probably all worked under somebody who was a jerk. <laughs> I mean, I know I have. Absolutely. Uh, are you going to say something, Boo? <laughs> yes, we have. Yeah, and so, you know, what we would like to, as as earthly people, bow up and, and get our revenge or, or show out or do something, but here we're, we're told we need to be respectful. You know, as, as believers who are working under somebody else, we need to be respectful so that we can affect that person. You know, Jesus loved uh, Jesus was humble, and we need to do that too, be like him. And then it goes on to say, uh, if you're working for a believing employer or master, even more so, you know, we, we would, again, humanly want to be like, uh, oh, we, you know, we're the same. You know, you're my boss, but we're brothers in Christ, so, you know, I don't have to listen to what he says. We're kind of on the same level, but no, he's still an authority over you. Mm-hmm got to treat him with respect a lot of like practical stuff here you know very practical teachings for stuff we had to deal with on a on a daily basis mm. i think anyway mm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah it is yeah it is well it kind of 
moving in these next couple of verses, I think these are important. You're moving on from there. And we can go back to these others if you want to, that's fine. But these these verses are extremely important. I think the next couple of ones, for to, they've always been important. But today, dealing with the stuff that's out there within churches, leaders that are in the churches are... are, are this really needs to be paid attention to. Scripture says there, if anyone advocates a different doctrine, does not agree with sound words. Those of our Lord Jesus Christ, with the doctrine conforming to godliness. Notice that. If, if someone doesn't agree with sound words and those of our Lord Jesus Christ, different doctrine, that has to be, all this stuff has to be, they don't agree with Scripture. Not our opinions, not our thoughts, not our sermons. They don't agree with Scripture. They don't agree with... And we don't always like what's written in the Word, but it doesn't really matter. It matters what is true there. So they don't agree with Scripture, but it says, if they don't, in verse 4, he's conceited and doesn't understand anything, has a morbid interest in controversial questions. Thank you. Uh, and disputes about words out of which arise, envy, strife, abusive language evil suspicions and constant friction i mean isn't that something somebody they don't agree with the bible what happens why because they are conceited or arrogant they and they don't actually know anything when they profess that they do and how many people you notice that there I'm, I'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold on to this particular part of the bible or scripture i'm not gonna hold on to that i'll, I'll hold on to this other area and what the scriptures is literally saying is you're an arrogant person and you don't know anything <laughs> <laughs> like the pause, I, I, you're I like an arrogant uh, person. <laughs> yes, because I had to watch out what I was about to say or name I may call. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've got to screen this here. So oh, you did well. I'm, not, I'm not hearing you as good as I'm hearing these two. Okay, I don't know if it's not. You're not he's, close enough. He's not or? preaching right now, so he's not. Yeah, I'm trying to calm down. <laughs> I knew it'd be something. Yeah, that's what it. That's what it is. You hear I, that better? I, hear I turned him up real well. Can you? Hear, can you hear me now? You just gotta speak into that thing. Get a little closer. Okay. What about? That's it. Wow. That's the difference. <laughs> kind of busting up my ear now. <laughs> I can turn your headphones down. Yeah, do that. Turn just my headphones. Down. How you How you sound now? That's fine. That's yeah. Okay, good. There you go. I hear you when you get close to it. Okay. When I get close. Can We're gonna get this right. Oh, mine are blaring. Here. I'm deaf. Are you yeah. serious? You may turn you down. Oh, no, I'm good. Well, yeah, no, I, 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 I a little undecisive, indecisive, indecisive, undecisive, indecisive. Anybody a uh, English teacher? Okay. Oh yeah, um, there'll be many of them. My wife gets on me all the time. <laughs> I tell her I seen that. She said you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Say who rules this home? You 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 getting out of what doctrine? Oh, so, oh, oh so you getting out of doctrine? You, you, you're not in accord with godliness. You gotta yeah. be submissive. Can't yeah. talk back to me. Yeah. <laughs> I just do the backhand thing. But... <laughs> right into your face. <laughs> <laughs> what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. <laughs> okay. And she's definitely not subscribed to the podcast, so he can say <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. To keep the wives off. <laughs> but it is interesting, man. In our, in our, uh, getting back to scripture. Sorry. There's such a a big thing with folks nowadays that don't want to listen to the Bible, you know, they, they, we got ideas coming out the wazoo, you know, but, but they're totally not based on scripture, you know, there's people coming up with all these, what they think are great ideas and how we should do things, but 
they're ignoring scripture. And this is even coming from Christians, you know, from people who claim to be followers of Jesus, but what they're claiming and what they're doing don't go along with scripture. Mm-hmm. You just, but don't you think you just made a point though? People coming, proclaiming to be Christians. So the question to me always pops up. If someone can sit up here, and I understand there are things in the Word that may be controversial to understand, but when something is clear and you don't accept it, are these people Christians? That's the question I want to ask. I mean, how can you claim to be a follower of Christ and something's clear in the Bible and you deny it? I don't. You know, there's some things we don't understand, obviously, we're getting, getting all the... But when something is clear in Scripture, and there's a lot in First Timothy we've studied here lately that would be controversial to some but it shouldn't be controversial it's what scripture says so 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 let's deal with it that's just what it is so 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 what are your thoughts on that someone claiming claiming to be a follower of christ and yet denying they may affirm 99.9 percent of the word but if there's something else they just don't like they're denying it is that person saved well how do you find out about jesus I mean, you may hear it from somebody, but where do we learn about Jesus? From his word, you know, and if you can't trust the word that you learn about him from to, you know, guide you and, and, and how you should follow him, then are you following? That's, yeah, my, I concur. My opinion on that would be, because I hear people claim to be Christians all the time, my opinion on that would be asking them, what is a Christian? Like, what's your definition of a Christian? Tell me what it means to be a Christian. Like, what is a Christian? Yeah. And a lot of times, their answer will let you know right off the bat whether they're saved or not. Where they stand. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, that's what I think. Because, you know, a true Christian that has, um, you know, understood that in order to be saved, that you should, you know, be able to confess and understand and believe that Christ was it. And he is who he says he was and he is. You know, I mean, he died for our sins. That he did raise, uh, you know, rise on the third day. And you know, I believe that uh, a lot of people just don't even have that concept. You know, they don't even grasp that. So. Right. They don't understand basic. Uh, yeah, the gospel itself. Well, they say they're Christian. Well, how'd you become a Christian? Like, just yeah, how'd that happen? Like, just answer that for me. You know, right. how that how that happened for you? You know, like I'm, and not that they, you know, you don't have to know all the underlying doctrine you know i mean there's certain things that just aren't requirements man really you just have to believe but you got to know up on like who do you believe who i mean who is right, it that right. you're believing in right who are you following yeah who are you following well but uh, you know and all this stuff we can get the gospel and get in but i mean all this stuff just in the scripture in, in first timothy alone what have we talked about qualifications of leaders how many churches in Congress today really fit these qualifications. Talk about the, the place of women in the church. How is that a controversial thing? Scripture teaches clear on it, yet we have so many we have so many people split of it, but yet right in here in First Timothy we, we see that how we should serve people one another. I mean false doctrine, you, you see that up and, and but you get to all this whole thing at the end, it's I mean here it is, it's clear you're conceited and you don't know anything when 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 you are not taking what scripture says you don't know a thing it, that's what it's saying you don't you are rejecting sound doctrine sound doctrine in the word and the bible well let's say it god is saying you're arrogant you're conceited and you don't know nothing uh, it's pretty it's pretty simple and all you're striving for i mean it goes yeah. disputes right abusive you don't language. know nothing <laughs> you don't know nothing 
You don't know nothing. Oh, y'all gonna be nailing me on things. Please <laughs> do not. It's all so, good. anyway, I I, I kind of think it's interesting. That it says um, unhealthy interest in disputes and arguments over words. You know, people that you. I mean, I know we got a podcast, but you got podcasts out there, and and YouTube videos and stuff of people just really just you know talking about one word or or, or one idea and just harping on it and oh you yeah let's let's do all sorts of videos on that let's let's really hit that really hard and yet they leave all this important stuff alone get so caught up in the little minute things that, that don't matter and they and they miss god you know yeah they miss his word so we got to be careful not to get stuck in that kind of trap because we'd be conceited yeah thinking we know more than somebody else absolutely Okay, so what's something, this is something to put out there, what's something that you guys have dealt with uh, maybe that you didn't want to bow down to, so to speak, in the word that it came across to you and you're like, man, I'm guilty of this. I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't want but, but we do. I mean, can y'all think of anything right off the top of your head that you've dealt with in your own life? In a sense, you've got to deal with it because there's scripture talking about it. So, yeah. Um leading the household the way you should lead the household like the most painful you know like coming to the grips and coming to the grips of the fact that I had miserably failed in the aspect of reading the Bible and praying in front of my children my wife and like just being a physical man and like well I'm a man you know and I mean right. you know just, just having all those but but being just a wimp in the word and just failing miserably and coming to the, those terms like like, like um, admitting that to myself and that was very hard I mean that was very difficult for me to do but you know God convicted me over that you know, because basically like you know if you have a kid playing ball but boo, you you've used this terminology a lot, and you drop your kid off at practice, and you expect that coach in one hour time to make them a great ball player. You failed as a as a coach dad. I mean, because you should have that kid out in the yard, and you should be playing ball with him. Well, us as Christian fathers, stepdads. I'm I'm a stepdad, but you know, still a father. Been there 11 years almost. Um, if we don't teach our kids at home, I mean, if they don't see us set the example, and there's been many, probably more so. Have they seen me fail than actually do the right thing? If we, you know, just being honest. Um, so if we're not setting an example at the house, you know, we're not, um, you know, leading them. You know, as the words say, you know, leading your household. You know, being the head over your wife, and and not in a, you know, dominant way, but just as you know, God's ahead of Christ, and so on and so forth, like the Word talks about. Um, but just not not being a being the role model and the godly father and the godly husband that I should be. And that's, I mean, that's even hard to admit, but if we're going to be honest, you know, that's why feels like one of my biggest, you know, failures. Um, and there's times when I work on it and I'm focused on it and, I, and I'm more uh, goal-oriented to that fact, but then there's times where I'm just feeling miserable, you know, just not even trying, it seems like. So, you know, to answer your question, that. I think it's a, yeah, um, it's good that you, you mentioned failing in front of your kids because that's one of my hardest things to do or has been in my life is to let my kids see me fail to let them think that I'm not everything I should be as as a father but I think it's important I think it's just as important for them to see us succeed as, as to see us fail because how we fail 
shows our true character. You know, when we just mess up royally, but we can come back and we can admit it. And I know I've had to apologize to my kids, to my wife, um, for my attitude or for something that happened for my failures. And when we, when we can do that, our kids learn from that. They learn that nobody's perfect. You know, you hate for them to learn that dad's not perfect, but it's true. So we might as well learn it, right? <laughs> right. Um, and, and I don't so know about you. I am perfect. <clears throat> yeah, well, except <laughs> Tell your, your kids that. are too young. Uh, <clears throat> you'll learn that soon. They know what they got. They know what they got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Yeah. You're right. Well, I, it, it isn't, you know, thinking about that, one of the hardest things, because you said that, Chris, I remember Michelle and I had a, man, of course everybody has their fights, but we had a fight a while. I mean, it's that one of those fights years. where you got, you lock yourself in a room to It was that time I knocked discuss. the tooth out. You know, I'm just kidding, by the way. Anyways, no, uh, we, had a, we had an argument, and, and I, I don't know what it was about. It doesn't even matter what it was about, but. I was so mad, and I walked outside. It was at nighttime. I was running, just walking around, so mad. I'm not apologizing. I'm not because I knew I was right. I knew I was right. And here's the weird thing. I do remember this. Whatever it was, I was actually in the right. But this is what hit me in my mind. He <laughs> was in the right. No, so no, right. Th- well, it was one of the rare times that I actually was in the right because most of the time she's really right. Uh, but, Ooh, but it was one of those times. Uh, but I was convicted. The Holy Spirit come over because I was praying it. And it came over in the scripture in Peter, where, where it says our relationship with our wife affects our prayers. And God was basically saying, don't talk to me because I ain't listening to you to get right with her. Mm-hmm. And that really hit me. And I had to go back in the house and I, and because I, I couldn't stand the idea of not being right with God, not being able to talk with him. I could not stand that idea. And I had to go back and apologize to her for, for whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was, but it doesn't matter. But to get right, because the idea that, that that I couldn't talk with God and be right with it grieved me. It tore me up. But yet that's what Scripture says, and it kind of goes back to what we're talking about, being intentional with... There's thing, Look, there's a lot of stuff in my, in my life uh, that I've changed my view on because I may have been taught one way or thought one way, but then you get in the Bible yourself and you say, my gosh, this is wrong. I've been wrong all this time. The word really doesn't say this, or the word really actually says this, and so we got a choice: either we take what it says and we go with that, or we rebel against God, and then we cause friction between us, and that's not a good relationship. So, and we act like we know no, we know it, and we don't know nothing according to this word. But I'll tell you a blessing for me as well: I have failed miserably. This happened this week, man. I hope I don't tear up telling this, but it was awesome to me. Come on. Keep it real. Keep it uh, real, bro. Keep it real. Trying, trying, trying. But Michelle said, um, she, we were laying in bed, and she says, have you, have, has Dawson talked to you? And I said, no, 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 what are you talking about? And she says, well, they've been having, him, him Dawson and Breeden have been having their own prayer time by themselves. And, and I have tried for three years or, or four to be intentional to tell them when I'm praying, don't interrupt me unless it's an emergency. And I've done that because I wanted them to see, as a man, I have to get away by myself and have prayer with God. I've, I've inten- Not because I wanted to brag about it, but I wanted them to intentionally know I have a private time with God. So when they grow up, they have to know they've got to have that time. And when she told me that, and she said Dawson was praying up here and then right before bed, 
she interrupted reading actually when and he's like she's like what are you doing he's like i'm praying mama and i said man that just melted my heart just to know here's my boys following that i've told them this and that made me feel so good uh because they see i'm afraid too much of my failures like we're talking about because i fail constantly getting mad when i shouldn't get mad uh or or saying something I shouldn't say, not doing what I should do. But it does make you feel good when you strike up something good every now and then. Oh, so, you know. Hey, man, that's incredible. Yeah, truth be known, I've thought about this before. You know, someone asked my kids, you know, what, what side of me they seem most. You know, I think I'd be scared of what the answer may be. You know, um, you know, I mean, why, you know, why lie? You know, why lie because we're on a podcast, you know. Um, there's a... Uh, <laughs> My, my background is, you know, fairly rough, you know, uh, substance abuses and that, and just very, very raw, you know, and I was saved and at, a, I guess, a younger age, but, but still didn't live it most of my life, you know, and there's still a lot of things about me that, you know, Lord's still dealing with, but, but um, I've definitely not been that perfect role model, even though there's times that I've, you know, really strived, and, 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 and more so, I mean, I, I try to, I try to do what's right, you know, but but you just wonder what type of impact you've actually made. You know, like with that story you've told, you know, um, sometimes I just wonder what type of impact I actually made or have made. You know. well, we don't always see it, and that's that's the thing. Uh, you know, we we need to try. We need to be doing this, living living this out, and and hoping that our kids will see it, hoping that they'll learn, hoping that other people will learn as we strive, as we fail, as, as we succeed occasionally. Um, but that's our attitude towards loving God, whether it's in front of a, uh, somebody who's in authority over us, whether it's in somebody who works for us, or whether it's our children who we're authorities over. You know, it, it's all about living for Christ, and they see that. They see whether we're living for Christ or not. And kids, man, kids will know. Uh, they, they catch on way more than we think they catch on. Absolutely. You know, we think they don't hear anything, they don't catch on anything. But they do. They do. And if we're in the Word, if we're praying, if we're apologizing, if, you know, all that kind of stuff yeah. that should come from us, uh, right. they learn. I agree. <laughs> and you may not see it till later. You know, uh, I didn't see a lot of the what I hoped my kids would learn until my, my oldest son started having kids and then he and got on his own having to pay his own bills you know living life becoming an adult and and you know he would make comments to us about well i appreciate how y'all raised me you know and, and that means a lot you know that means we it means at least we did something right <laughs> not everything yeah. by any stretch yeah. uh, amongst our failures we we did a few things right so it's always important to go back. I mean, what's the whole purpose of what we're doing here? Is going back to the book. I mean, to, to go back to any of this, when the whole purpose of any Bible study is to, is to go back and what is the Bible saying? Because I, I'm still thinking, even with what we just read, someone who's who's not willing to submit themselves under the authority of the Word. It, where does it lead in verse four? It's 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 envy, it's strife, abusive language, evil suspicions friction verse 5 and people that are look at that verse 5 men of depraved mind deprived of the truth and and this kind of gets in it says that that suppose that godliness is a mean of gain that kind of gets into false teachers who want to be in 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 a teaching position 
preaching pastors, evangelists, whatever they want to call their false ideology for the purpose of gaining monetary wealth of some sort. And, and all those other things are precursors to that going on. That's someone that's not willing to submit to the authority of God's Word. And, and it's not always easy, but we have to be willing to do that for ourselves, but also for our children, as, as we've been talking about a whole lot. It's got it's to be for our children as well. But, but if, if someone's looking at us, they should be able to say, yeah, you know, maybe they lose their temper. Maybe they've had a bad time in their past. Maybe they've done... But here's, here, here's a reality. When you show them the Word of God, they're going to submit to it. When they see it, when they see it. And I got people in my church, I can say that I love t- to death. When they see the Word and they say, oh, here, here's a Word. It's what it says. We got to go with it. But there's people in every church that is like that. But there's, there's people in every church that aren't. That, and, but and where does that lead? Where does it come to? It, it, it's, not, it's not towards godliness. When we... When we um, are like this. We had somebody come in years ago uh, at Mount Moriah from another church, and I didn't know this till later on. But they came in, and the reason they were there was because they were mad at their pastor. They didn't want to be there, at the, so they they were trying to find. So they were from my church. Yeah, they were. Yeah, <laughs> man, yeah, I've had a whole lot from your place come up in my. <laughs> no. And what was so interesting is that message that day was on submitting to pastoral authority, and the very and and when, and so, and I had no idea this was going on with this couple. I just met them when they came out the door, and they they said they shook my hand. I remember them. I don't remember their names, but they said thank you for telling us. We really know that. And then later on, I found out the person who invited them was telling me why they came. They never came back because I think they went back to their church, which was great. I'm glad for that. They they that God had something to say. But it's not always easy. But when God smacks us in the face, we have a choice to rebel or repent, one of the two. And and he's not going to have rebels in his kingdom. So we have to repent when we're, when we're struck with words. Do they bring us to the truth or do we run from it? Uh, no matter if we like it or not. We go a different direction. You see how, how we, we get into these verses and it may lead to to a different direction than maybe what the scripture was originally talking about, but it, it applies to our life in so many different ways. But jumping back in verse six, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. I love that verse because it's a tiny verse, but it has huge meaning. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That means we're living focused on God, focused on living for him, not focused on what we can get on on the the sea, getting getting some more dollars, you know. We're not focused on all that. No compensation. Compensation. But, compensation. You know, little, keeping our minds on, on things above, not on earthly things. Colossians three two, you know those kind of things. That's that 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 means a lot. And if we would get that, but you know our world, what is our world uh, focused on? More, getting more, mm. getting somewhere. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. You know, it's always me, me, me. What can I get? But here we're saying, you know, godliness with contentment, being happy with what you got, mm. and um, that's not American ideal. You know, but that's. You can't be happy. I, 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 look, I got a Warner, like like that's what my dad used to always call it. Your Warner's get acting up, you know, because I want something. Dad, have you seen this? You know, man, I want to get this thing. And I, I got it. I like stuff. Okay, I'm I'm a geek. I love gadgets. Uh, you know, I, all that kind of stuff. But uh, if when I'm focused on that, I'm not focused on the Lord. Yeah. You know, when I'm focused on 
those things it pulls me away, distracts me. And if we would just be more focused on the Lord, or if we'd be content with what we have, we could be more focused on the mm-hmm. Lord. And we don't always realize that because that's not what the world tells us is we should be striving for. Talking about godliness with contentment, is there actually contentment without God? You know, and and the reason I say that is because, you know, through my past, and I'll just go use substance abuse for example. And we all can, we all can understand the analogy of, of of chasing worldly things. You know, you don't even have to be saved to understand this. I mean, we always want a, a new truck, we want a new car, we want a better job, we want more money, we want new shoes, we want new clothes, we want better this, better that. Everybody can understand the concept, but for us as Christians, when we let God. You know, um, or we don't keep the relationship because it's up to us to keep the relationship right. God's always, He's always waiting for us. He's always there. So when when God's not in the picture, and our relationship's not where it should be. You know, is there is there even contentment? Yeah, that's I, true. I would say that's a negative ghost rider. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, from my experience, nothing has ever filled filled me to where I was content because there's always that hole, and we got to try to fill it with something. That yeah. whole it, it grows. It, it's almost like it grows more void, you know. Or, or is that is that the right word? It grows more. I mean, it's it's like it just gets worse, you know. It's like a cancer. It's, the more you throw in it, the hungrier it is, you know. If it's if it's not Christ, it just turns into like an ulcer, you know. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, we lost our fearless leader briefly. Yeah. And then, you know, verse 7 says, we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. So there we go, you know, (laughs) what are we living for? You know, absolutely. You're going to strive to have all this stuff and then it's gone. Yeah. So, you know, um, my daddy dying, and and if I say the day, my mom will scold me because I get it wrong every time. (laughs) It's, uh, now, okay, it was September 28th because their anniversary, or my mom's birthday, September 23rd. So he died September 28th. Wow. Um, and you know the last meeting I had or the last time we got to see one another I know he was talking about uh, you know how, how long he's going to have to work to get this how long you know and, and that, but but that's where our focus is at and, and I mean we're, it's not that he was an exception to the rule we're all like that I mean we all plan for the future and I got to do this I got to acquire this you know I need to build my 401k and there's nothing wrong with planning but what we do is we take God out of the equation you know, we make all these, you know, earthly goals and what we want to do on this earth. And, um, you know, we just take God out of the equation. So, so instead of us being eternally minded and heavenly minded at all times like we should be, we just get wrapped up in the, care, the words and the cares of the world, you know, forgetting that we come in the world with nothing and we're leaving with nothing. We think by, by happenstance we just may carry something with us. It's almost, it's almost, you know, it's like we live as if we're never going to die. You know, I mean, we do. Even as Christians, we live like we're never going to die. I don't walk around with death on my mind, you know. I mean, I try to be more aware of it because that's the reality. But um, we just live as if we're never going to die. When you said your your dad's passing was a huge eye-opener to you, you know, to realize that it's it, – we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, why live for the world when you never know when that junk is going to be gone? You know, exactly. live for – What's going to last, for sure. Exactly. 
Don't store for yourself treasures on earth where moth and dust can, can corrupt and thieves can break in and steal, you know, but store for yourself treasures in heaven where they'll be there for eternity, you know, but but we don't, or especially me, you know, I take my focus on that a lot, you know, and so I tend to worry more about the cares of the world than I should. Yeah, we all do. We all do. The older you get, the I less that'll, I said, the older you get, the less that'll come out. Yeah, every, every day. It gets yeah. less and less. Yeah. That's nice to hear. If we make it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, boo? What's that? How old are you, boo? 70. <laughs> <laughs> Go on back, Ken. Go on back, Ken. Uh-huh. What'd you say, seven? 70. Oh, 70. 71. <clears throat> about 57. <laughs> no, booze spring chicken, man. Booze, booze in very good physical condition. <laughs> Well, I know you got your own business and stuff, so we look at that verse 9, those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. Then it follows up with that, with that big, big, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. The love of money. You know, so many people misquote that and say, but... Money's root of all evil. No, money's not, because God provides that as a blessing to, to all of us who have it. I mean, when I know God has provided money for me when I've needed it, you know, and He's provided money for us when somebody else needed it, so we had it, you know, to to provide. So money's a blessing. So it's not money, but it's the love of money. We get all off in that. We get in a trap. It's another one of those. You talked about substance abuse, but. <clears throat> I mean, money and stuff is just as much a black hole as, as any of that. We, we get stuck in that, and, and it's like an addiction. We just got to have stuff. We want more, we want more, we want more, and we live for that instead of living for the Lord. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the prosperity gospel, too. That's the problem. with How many, how many, of these, how many people are in, the, in, in our country that that's what they see when they see Christianity is this ideology of, well, get more, get more from these pastors that got everything there is, and that's exactly what they're living for, everything there is. And they don't have godliness with contentment because they ain't living for Christ. It's about the money, 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 money. That's what it is. Give it to me, give it to me. Give a little bit to the Lord because he's going to give you a bunch yeah. in return. You're gonna, I mean, and they, and in all honesty, it's, it's a shame. These people are slaughtering the gospel. They're slaughtering it. And, and, and then you got all these lost people who really think that's what this is all about, a, a, false, a false gospel. And, and the only reason these pastors are doing this is to get more money, to get more stuff, which never makes them happy because they just want more stuff. They need and a new jet. Do what? They need a new jet. Yes, exactly. Or three new jets because they won't ride in a tube with demons, right? That's what one of them said. I don't want to ride in, in an aircraft with demons, in a metal tube with demons. That's what one of these pastors said. He gets his own private little aircraft. need to be in an air, aircraft with demons so we can be witnessing Casting them out. <laughs> that's it. Tell them to go play outside. That's it. That's I'll tell you, that's an interesting. Not that that has anything to do with what we're talking about exactly, but. Um, well, thanks for making me feel good. No, no. <laughs> what I was about to say has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you But go ahead, that. sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm just, leaving. <laughs> <laughs> We're already talking about the effect our lives have on others, and you know, if we try to isolate ourselves and, and only uh, 
uh, only see church people or, or don't ride on the, the planes with every, with everybody else, then how are we supposed to influence anybody else? How are we supposed to have a, a conversation, strike up a conversation with somebody to tell them about Jesus? You can't do that if you're isolating yourself from mm. those folks. That, we aren't going to the church topic, are we? Are we, are we going to the church topic? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Are we going to steer clear from that? You want to carry? You want to carry it into that? Ex- explain <laughs> explain to everybody what a church is, please. Um, see, dog. Your definition of church, like, because there's, like, are you talking about the actual physical physical building, or are you talking about the actual church in the Bible, the body of Christ? Is that is that the answer? Ooh, did for? you just say that that building isn't the church? You've committed the cardinal sin. You ought to be kicked <laughs> out of every church. Oh. <laughs> every church building. Do what? Of every church building. Kicked out of every church building. Well, I was going to say every congregation that even oh, called congregation. So, okay. that because So you're telling me when we come together inside the building, the church, that's not the church. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> that's just, I better watch out. I better watch out. I got people listening. <laughs> Brother, I need a job. We probably got Baptists out there turning their podcast off right now <laughs> please do not go there yeah but we are don't we've us, already went don't there. let us listen to scripture right because they don't want right. to hear scripture that, yeah, that don't, let's don't, turn don't away from what the scripture scripture. says let's don't talk about tradition because it's up man. in this holy place <laughs> it's got stained glass windows that's you know it. that's where it all takes place yeah that's where let's it's ignore the well if it don't reality. take place there it didn't happen that's right i mean that's, that's right holy spirit only works in the church building only so and from like 11 35 to 12 yeah yeah if you go 1201 he cuts it off it's done it's done it's definitely cut off at that point we got to go eat he knows that he knows it and so he's done he lets us go do our thing for some reason i feel like you know we are two or more gathered in his name in a restaurant and i still feel like we're having church absolutely we are the church that's what you, you know. I, this is kind of a funny story. You saying I think I told you this before, but when we first moved to Mountain Rye, <laughs> I've been trying to tell the boys, train them up. Don't call the the building the church. I please stop calling that. So the Chinese call it the training facility. So that's what I tried to tell them. Call that. So so Daddy comes over one day when we first moved there, and he, he's in the gym, and and he says, walks outside, and he says, Well, Dawson, come show me the church. He said. <laughs> Papa, then at the church, that's a training facility. And he said, okay, okay, show me the training facilities. I was like, that's my boy. You t- teach your papa what is right, son. <laughs> so, so. Been a pastor all his life. And oh. Getting, getting yeah. your son, to, your grandson to tell him what a church is. Yep. See, that's, Love the, it. that's the Southern Baptist way. Right. It's easy, man. We get stuck in these traditions and stuff. So, Yeah. yeah. And people, the, the reality is that people get mad for for correcting you on that but you ought to receive those things once again we're we are the church and if you can't receive that you're literally rejecting scripture there is no place in the bible that calls a building the the the, the place of god except for the jewish temple that's it that's the only place yeah. every other place is what scripture says no you're not that you 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 are the temple of god the holy spirit dwells in you those stained glass windows have no power Overdrawing in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Nothing. If anything, they're a distraction and become idolatrous in our life because we think only the presence of God is there. Oh, we just lost some folks. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not really worried about it. <laughs> so, well, if you, I mean, if you look at the Bible as a whole and you actually have read it or do read it, 
the only conclusion you can draw is that the work of Christ should be done out and about. I mean, that's that's the conclusion that you have got to come to. I mean, if you read the Bible, I mean, you could take Scripture and you could put it against another Scripture. Well, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. Who's heard that one a million times? Yeah, and we hear it, which is true. I mean, we're not disputing I'm using that, that one this Sunday. Well, use it, brother. Make sure, that, make sure they understand it. So, and we love to use that. Oh, you know, don't forsake sin with ourselves, and we should be a church. But if you read the Bible as a whole, I mean, the Great Commission, you know, just the relationship we should have with others, the relationships that Christ have, you know, simply go out and love people and love them where they're at. Don't tell them they're wrong for being where they're at, you know, like, like, like a lost person. You know, it's like a dog. I mean, you don't whip him for barking. You know, you don't whip right. him for acting like a dog, you know. Right. So if someone doesn't understand, you don't ridicule them or mock them or tell them they're wrong for being where they're at. You just right. love them where they're at. Right. I mean, right. somehow we've gotten this this harsh spirit in the church to where we just, um, man, it's like it's like it's our place to condemn somebody. Man, that's not our place. Mm-hmm. Our place to be the hands and feet of Christ, the actual church that Nature. we've misconstrued over time and go show people love, you know. Just, just love on people. And we, and we think that if we show someone love, they're going to um, read us wrong for acceptance. Love and acceptance are two totally different things. You don't have to accept the sin someone's in, but you do need to love them where they're at. Right, you know? right. And um, we just love going to church, shaking the, the hands of the ones that are claimed to be saved and knowing that we ain't got to go home and wash our hands because we ain't been dealing with sinners. You know, that's what we like to do. Uh-huh. You know, or that, that's what we've made church. You know? right. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that, that Jesus accepted prostitution, but he's constantly out there with prostitutes and and tax collectors eating at the table and teaching them, mm. loving them, right. and being condemned by the religious Be- crew exactly. for doing it. Yep. Being and so the very them. things that and and I, I give it to. There's a lot of and I'm thankful for this. There are a lot of pastors out there that I know, you included, who who are trying to turn that around and, and make us realize this is wrong. This is wrong. How our ideas of the church have been wrong. And how they've done it's not really hard. You just go back to what the Bible says in the first place and not trans you know, not, not translate the scripture from our tradition, but what does the scripture say? What did Jesus do? What was he condemned for? Always who was he always in fights with? The religious people. Every time. The ones who knew the word in their mind but did not know the God who wrote it. And that's that's the whole thing about it. So how many people are filled with these church buildings every single Sunday with people who may can actually quote the Bible? But they know nothing of his character because they don't know him, so many of them. And if, if we know Christ, we're going to love like him. Can't expect a dog to be anything other than what he is. A lost person is going to act lost because that's what they are. But what, one of the best things I've, 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 I've been taught, I don't remember who told me this, but we've got some great cardinal sins, and that, and that is uh, expecting lost people to act saved but tolerate and save people acting lost. Mm-hmm. And we can't do wow. that. You know, if you need to saved, say that again. Do what? Say that again. <laughs> oh man, that means it was good, right? Yeah. Okay. It was good. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. I, really, I was I was taught a little while back. And really, and that is one of those things stuck with me. We, and I've had to learn this through humiliation. We cannot expect lost people to act saved. So when someone who is actively engaged in some sort of sin of any kind, actively engaged in it, we can't expect them to be otherwise. That's what they are. They're lost. But then, so, so the big sins of the church at large 
is expecting lost people to act saved, but tolerating saved people acting lost. Mm-hmm. We've gotten away from church discipline. So when someone who really is saved is involved in sin, that's a whole other ball game than a lost person involved in sin. No, we don't tolerate it. Do we ultimately kick them out of church if we have to? Because that's what Scripture says. And that's a hard one to bite down on, but that's exactly what Jesus taught. That's what Jesus taught, Matthew chapter 18. You go to him hope, hoping to reconcile, hoping to restore. That is your brother desiring that in every way. But if they will not repent of their sin and they're confessing to be a follower of Christ. Treat them like a heathen. That you treat them like a heathen. Or a tax collector. Have nothing to do with them. <laughs> you know how Let we feel about them. the IRS. Let me, no. <laughs> Especially this time of year, right? Let Man. me get that consideration on. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, here but, on April the 15th. <laughs> that's right. Oh. <laughs> that's what I thought. It is today. Well, it got pushed till May it's, 17th. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's May 17th. Right. Unless my CNA lied. No, my CPA lied. He didn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it did get pushed back. Okay. In most I states. said CNA. Mm. Well, well, look at that. Look at look at that. I've been studying a lot of terms lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a medical. CNA is a yeah, it nursing is. assistant. But anyway, I have a few good. terms floating around in my head, so gotcha. I'm about to confuse you. <laughs> he said. He says in verse eleven, and notice that, flee, run, mm. run from these things, and he says, "You man of God." So he's he's. A lot of these, I, I say that because a lot of times we think we're supposed to stand up to certain things, but he says, run from this. Run from the things that we've just been talking about. But then while you're running away from one thing, run to something else. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Then fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I like I like what the those verses those two verses say, and I'll just pause you for a second there, because um, to flee takes effort. You know, it takes action, it takes effort. To pursue, same thing. Mm. It takes effort. It takes you running after something mm. deliberately. You know, it's not something that you can just easily take up. It's going to require work, and then fight the fight of faith. So he's not saying, guys, life's going to be easy. Again, that prosperity gospel. That's not what the Bible tells us. Life is not going to be, following the Lord is not going to be easy. It's going to require effort. It's going to require fighting and pursuing something. And that's godliness. Where are you going to get that from? From the tradition, from the truth, from the Word. You get in the Word. And the bylaws, right? You find that in the bylaws. (laughs) Isn't that where you get it? Isn't yeah. that where they say? That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Burn them bylaws, baby. Burn. <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah. That's that's blasphemy. <laughs> oh, most man. But, well. well keep uh, keep reading. A lot something. of, well, no, I, I was just going to say a lot of times what we'll do is, is you know, by following the traditions of church or what we've been taught, you know, we, we just absolutely neglect that that wholesome relationship that we have with Christ, you know, through his word, through being in the word, you know, you know, when you're really digging in, when you're really like, like you said a while ago, when you're really pursuing, I don't mean like, oh, I'm just reading because I'm going through the motions, but when you're really pursuing, you're like, all right, God, you told me to live this way. You told me to seek after you, you know, oh man, 
I'm really here. I'm really here. I want to hear from you, and I really want to conduct my family the way that you want me to. God, I need your help, and you're really in his word, and you're really digging in. That's what we miss with the traditions. That's right. what that's what we miss. That's right. what we lack through the traditions because we build church members just to say really cool uh, uh, prayers at the end of service. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just want to thank you for us being here. Well, you know, just a just a regular prayer that that we're trained and we and we make uh, you know Baptist into robots. You know, is what we do instead of really getting outside the four walls and really pursuing Christ like we should. You know, we miss that. You know, I think that's that's why. I don't know, I want to say have a problem, or yeah, I have a problem with the traditions that are just ingrained in us, you know, it just, that that's a real big, um, it just irks me, you know, it just really does. Um, instead of just that pursuit of Christ, like just being in love, like, you know, like, like it's your, you know, like I've heard the analogy about the high school sweetheart, you know, you just can't wait to see her, you can't wait to spend time, you know, that's the way we all be with Christ, he all mean that much to us. You know that we're just in pursuit of him, of that. You know, almost like an affair. You know, right? Um, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. That's now, right. Well, These people would... ain't read Song, Song of Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We are called the Bride of Christ oh. for a reason in the end times, no doubt, because it's that kind of passion, it's that it's that kind of intimacy that we should have. You're exactly right. And we don't. But that's what's that's what's lacking in oh, the yeah. American church, right? I mean. The, 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 we're worshiping tradition and we're worshiping yeah. the way things are the method instead of the mission instead of, and, instead of and, the Lord. And where is that? And uh, I, I sit here. Maybe we, maybe we had this conversation. I don't. I don't remember. What, what you know? People always talking about. Well, we were. You know, you probably heard this. We reflect the Laodicean age and in, in Revelation. And and to me though, and I've said this before because I, I firmly believe it. The Southern Baptist Church reflects the church at Ephesus. We got all these morals. From the outside, we're strict at this code of conduct. You've done this right. You've done this right. Jesus even told the church of Ephesus, you've done this right. Everything's good. But you got one big major problem. Left you left first your love. first love. You've fallen out of love with Christ. And, and, and how many churches, Southern Baptist churches, are dying? And it's not just Southern Baptist. There's plenty of other churches that do not love Jesus. They're in love with that. They're in love with doctrine or morality above Him, and they forget if we have Him and love Him, He's going to feel that end of it. When we love Him, He's going to feel that end of it. And what's so odd about that? What are we? We're reading right now. First Timothy, Second Timothy. Both of these are to a pastor who was pastoring Ephesus. We got a, We got a, We got a, We got a book on Ephesians. That's three different books, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Ephesians. And then we got a little letter in Revelation telling them if you don't repent of this, you're going to die. And what happened in the second century to this church? It died. And, they, and I mean, and, and Paul even warned in the book of Acts. He, he says in Acts 20, talking to those people at Ephesus, when I leave out of here, there's going to be some wolves that's going to come in after you, but also wolves that are going to raise up among you that are already there. So you got all these warnings to this one church, and they did not heed to it, as we were talking about, and they died. If they had listened to the Word of God, clean house with fake people who weren't who need to be love on lost people and bring, what would have happened? But it, it was all it was a bunch of junk, and and so and we're dealing with the same garbage because people are not pursuing truth, faith, love, right? I mean, you think about that. Where's faith come? Hearing, hearing the word of God. Where's love? Love comes from Christ, being abiding in Christ. Breastplate of righteousness comes from the righteousness of God, which is righteousness of Christ. All these things is just pursue Jesus, pursue Him. And now you don't you don't see that. We got We got to pursue other avenues. No, just pursue Christ.
right? That's right, yes. man. Yes. I figured that deserved an I didn't think I'd get that one, man. I didn't think I'd get that one. Let me let me repeat that. So <laughs> not the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, too long. I've been working. I'm done. It's I've been working for that applause all night. And gets it. Jeez. Just you Tough got some, bunch. man. You got a bunch. A <laughs> bunch, right, boo? Right. <laughs> let, let me let me ask y'all something. So the um the traditions of the church that make us so you know are, are such a turn off. Would you you think it's more and and really I mean it's more rhetorical I guess um is it that we're just wanting to come down on the church you know and and harp on them doing so wrong or is it the own or is it the hypocrisy that we see in ourselves through the traditions that that you know is a turn off you know because I see it you know in myself a lot of times like like I just want to come to you know Sunday morning and just do go through the motions you know and and, and it's like I see that hypocrisy and I see. I'm like, man, if we just continue through this, um, if we just continue doing this and going through the motions, we're going to train everyone else that comes in here. This is all they're going to know. You know, so it's almost like, you know, I use the term hypocrisy because, you know, the reason I use that is because I'm just doing the same thing everybody else is and just belly aching about the rest, you know, if, if that makes any sense. Well, we, we all fall into that comfort zone uh, if, if it's easy. I mean, it's human for us to all fall into that. So, yeah, it's not – we would – we'd be – hypocrites to say that it wasn't us you know it's not what we see in our own lives because we do we all fall into that uh, as pastors we we can fall into a rut into a pattern of doing the same thing or the doing things the same way over and over again because it's it's easier you know but um and the church does it you know we see it in the church we we can see it and we can call it out but yeah it's in us too we all fight that battle for sure get lazy or get comfortable i think comfort's probably the 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 worst enemy of of the church you know we of get, anything of anything well, in yeah, life true. you get comfortable I mean, in your workout and, oh, and you don't grow oh no you become yeah you get comfortable in fitness and you hit a plateau you know it's just like a businessman you come comfortable in your business and you hit a plateau anything i mean if you become comfortable you don't grow yeah yeah huh. well he says there in verse 13, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light whom no man has seen or can see to him be honor and eternal dominion amen so the very beginning to the very end those verses i charge you in this presence the presence of god in the very last part of that the one who dwells in unapproachable light we have no idea who god is I mean, can you, the, the arrogance that we, dis, and that's in me, let me say that, the arrogance that I display often, I know what to do, I know what to say, and we act like we got it all figured out, and this is the presence of God. You remember, you remember this has always fascinated me, when, when Gabriel comes and makes the announcement about the birth of Jesus, he says, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I'm like, my gosh, that's a, 
that's always amazed me to think about. Here he is. I am Gabriel. I'm, I'm a being. I'm a supernatural. I'm a spirit. I'm an angel. Let me tell you where I'm from. I stand in the presence of God. God, I don't, man, what do you say to that? How, how do you react to that? And here he is talking about here. Here is the Lord who is an unapproachable light. And the charge to us, the man of God, to run after certain things, run away from certain things, keep all the pursuit of godliness. It, it is given to us to do these things. But So if we, if we thought about who we're, who we're supposedly worshiping, we wouldn't have any issues. But we, we don't think about it. We think you, you brought up hypocrisy. You brought up our own hypocrisy. Absolutely. Because we don't think when we, when we bow our heads, we don't know who we're talking to. I mean, we know in our mind. But can you imagine this God who speaks and it just comes into being? The arrogance we display when we act as if we can know everything that's right except for what's written in His Word. And I think that's why we have to take it so seriously. This is the only thing we know for certain about Him. So even if it feels weird, we still got to do it because He gave it out. He, He breathed it out. And this is the God who's in an unapproachable light. I, I can't fathom that. Mm. We, that just well, we probably me. sound, I mean, you know, I'm sure some people have been listening to us and probably thought, well, those are a bunch of arrogant jerks talking, you know, like they know me? better than everybody else. No. <laughs> yeah, you. No, all of us. <laughs> they would think that of me. <laughs> not Maybe you. just Boo, yeah. but not me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> See, you got one. You got one. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, we don't we don't think about that as often. We're we're so used to to seeing um, to seeing to seeing things through our eyes and understanding. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys, technical difficulties. But. Um, from our eyes and understanding it from a human perspective, like looking at at God as if He was one of us, you know. But <laughs> when you talk about Him living in an inapproachable light and and just the only one immortal, the only you know, he, it's just totally different. Uh, we, I mean, to, we can't imagine, we cannot fathom that kind of um, of majesty or anything. No, no, we can't. Could you do think about that? We, we approach God. We bow our heads and we know we can come into His presence. But this is the God He says, literally, in unapproachable light. Literally. So, so you can't approach Him. It's weird. We can approach God through the righteousness of Christ, but yet He's in unapproachable light. That's how holy He is. So, so I think that's why we're so messed up in our thinking. We, I can tell you, I told our church a couple of weeks ago, I have tried to repent in the past year, year and a half. I have failed to understand God's holiness and take it seriously. I, 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 we've talked so much about His grace, which He's full of, obviously. Thank, thank, thank God the Father for His grace. But, but I have neglected His holiness. This is a holy God, and He cannot stand in the presence of sin. So that's why we had to have Christ. And so when this great exchange kind of occurs at salvation where we surrender to Him, if in fact we do, that's where we've got to come to the understanding. If we are literally born again, 
we are no longer in charge of our life. We are his servants. We are his slave because he allowed us to approach the unapproachable. So we belong to him. He paid the price. And that's what we have to do. We have to, whatever he says, pursue it. Go after it. Run after it. Don't matter who we offend, whose feelings we hurt, or what we got to lose. I mean, because he gave us a position we couldn't have otherwise. So. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. So much of this is talking about pride and, and, and our, our perspective on things. And then to see that from God's perspective. You know, I mean, who the King of Kings and Lord of Lords really is and how amazing. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Uh, the, you know, we, we, we really don't. We really miss that. Completely. Uh, we supposed to finish without you? Huh? We supposed to finish without you? We can and we will. <laughs> All right. Um, so this one's talking to Boo. Instruct those who are rich in this present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on uncertainty of wealth, but on God. <laughs> Who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. If I had right. feelings, they'd be hurt right now. <laughs> As a lady. I just... Huh? I'll keep, I'll keep that off. <laughs> Do I need to... You're not going to tell us your story? No. Okay. <laughs> On that note. We were talking about Boo being the one who's who's rich in his present age. Yeah. 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 I want to s- I want some of that wealth. <laughs> hey, we already dealt with that, man. Oh, you got to oh, pursue godly right. things. Pursue godliness. Run from the other stuff. Right? <laughs> Instruct them to. And this is what we you know, we kind of mentioned this. Seemed like forever ago uh, that we talked about money being a blessing. Where we mentioned money being a blessing, not just a curse, but you know, he t- he just said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But then he's like, hey, tell those people who have money, instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share, storing up for themselves treasures, uh, for themselves a good foundation for the coming age so that we may take hold, or they, I need to look at my Bible, so they may take hold of what is truly life. So it's not that these people are bad because they have money. It's, it's He's saying, hey, they have money, so... Let them know that to be generous, to be willing to share with other people and not to put their trust in that, but to put their trust in God, not on wealth. So it's not bad to have money, guys. If you have money, praise the Lord you got it, because I don't. But I'm glad for whatever (laughs) I have. I feel your pain. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Well, I mean, y'all got anything yeah. to say about money? Nobody, uh, apparently, none of us yeah. have money because nobody's yeah, saying anything. We don't anything. know what that's like. We're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> the only man like. sitting here with money is staying quiet, <laughs> keeping his opinion to himself. That's just wrong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have storm. four kids. I don't have money. That's great. That's funny. It is funny. Oh, this it, well. I guess if if we end it with you know verse twenty, guard guard what has been entrusted to you 
avoiding irreverent and empty speech and contradictions from what is falsely called knowledge. We got to be careful because we do a lot of irreverent speech just here on the podcast. <laughs> so, but uh, hopefully, don't, not don't you think that's awesome? To, to me, I love that the guard. This is what's been entrusted to you. I, speaking to some people just a few days ago about, you know, you think about if if if, if for some you know reason one of y'all had to go off or, or, or whatever. This was kind of the analogy that was given in a group of people. One of you had to go off and you said, listen, I don't want my wife and my kids staying by themselves. They're going to come at your house. I'm, I'm, I'm entrusting you to take care of them. This most precious thing in my life, I'm entrusting you to take care of this. And if what if I just I don't care, let them go out and do whatever. Good. They end up being killed. They end up being taken. What, what, kind of, what have I done? I haven't done anything. I've betrayed your trust. I've allowed the that which is most precious to be destroyed. Who am I? entrusted not someone worthy to be entrusted here God saying entrust it's the word the truth to us oh man oh God oh Timothy you being trusted with the truth don't compromise it no matter what hold on to it I mean that's what he's this is what he's talking about and avoid this empty chatter which and I that's a the word needs to be used empty there's nothing to it all this godless talk it's pointless. Avoid it. And and so we have to watch that. My little my little summary of that was teach what is from the word and not what is from the world. The world is empty, it's hollow. That's right. But what's from the word is not. Right, right. And that's the precious thing that we've been given to guard, to hold on to, for sure. Whether it's, I mean, he's talking to Timothy, talking to, to pastors, but but all Christians in reality, we've all been given this, the word, uh, and and it's in our hearts and our minds. You know, we back in the prophets said he'd, he'd write that on our hearts and our minds, right. and now we're in that time. We have the Holy Spirit. His His word is on our hearts and our minds, and we can understand what His word is written here in front of us. We need to guard that, right? Sure, and speak it to others. As it is, not uh, not water it down, not change it, none of that kind of junk. So. Yeah. Right. Right. That's right. Ten four. Any closing thoughts before we turn off this podcast? Yeah. I wonder if Phil Robertson's gonna let us keep the name or what. Nah, we'll change it. Okay. We'll come up with some riff, Fat Man and Friends, or. Well, maybe Phil will at least hear it and want to join us. Hey, that'd be cool. That would be pretty cool. You think we he's on our level? level? Hey. I don't know if he's on our level, man. Well, if Phil maybe. did join us, compensation. <laughs> we, we missed that you whole chapter. You just negated everything we just talked about. You just did away with everything. Right. So, so we're keeping it real or are we not keeping it real? Are we still joke. <laughs> No was that doubt. too idle? No too doubt. idle babbling? Yeah. That was too much uh, of a babble. That's, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Definitely good. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all joining us for the podcast today. So I guess uh, I'll be out. I'll be seeing. I'll be out. Be back next week. Bye. <laughs>